What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Chrisomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, with the powerful questions. (laughs) Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! All right, here it is. The Chris Van Vliet Show in your ear holes. Thank you for spending your time with us wherever you are, however you might be listening to this. And by us, I mean me and Brian Pillman Jr., CBV and BPJ. Although, since you're listening to this and and not watching it, you're not able to take in the gloriousness that is Brian Pillman Jr.'s mullet. Wow. Best hair in wrestling, I think. Certainly the most unique hair in wrestling. Uh, Thanks for checking this out. Thank you for leaving the reviews on Apple Podcasts. And I understand. I get it. Um, A lot of you aren't listening on Apple Podcasts. But Spotify and Stitcher and all those other formats that you're listening on don't have a way to review. I mean, you can subscribe, which is super awesome and super helpful. But you can't review. So uh, Apple Podcasts is the place where you can review the show. So thank you to everyone who's done it. Uh, The show is just about to turn four months old, and uh, it just means so much to me that you've been on this journey with me. Uh, The YouTube journey began like eight years ago. The podcast journey began three and three quarters of a month ago. That that, that didn't make sense. You know what I mean? Three and three quarters of a month, almost four months ago. Uh, So thanks for being on the journey with me. Uh, The show, at last check, was in the top 20 for wrestling podcasts worldwide which is insane to me but that has so much to do with these reviews and so much to do with you guys subscribing so thank you i mean to think that we're in the same you know list as jericho's podcast and stone cold's podcast and taz's podcast jr you know the list goes on and on and on on. people you've actually heard of and then there's me with the blue background who's that chris guy i don't know uh but thank you for leaving these reviews like dave from the bronx i appreciate you dave uh where do you live oh you live in the bronx it's in your name there um i appreciate you leaving this review here cvv is an expert when it comes to interviewing his guests he's there but totally gets that the guest should shine during his interviews um well thank you dave he titles that very engaging I appreciate it. I know you're not tuning into my show to listen to me. You're tuning in to listen to my guests. So it's all about them, and we need to let them talk. That's what it's all about. So uh, thanks to Dave for leaving that review. Please leave a review. You can be part of the show. Uh, Thank you to Samson for making us sound so good. I got a lot of messages almost every single day from people saying, hey, I want to start a podcast. want to start a YouTube channel. What kind of equipment should I use? And uh, I think that the most important thing is your audio. Whether you're a podcast, obviously audio is the most important thing if you have a podcast. But if you have video, if you have a YouTube channel, audio is the most important thing about video. I have a background in broadcasting and 
That was something I learned really early on, that audio is the most important thing about videos. So head to samsontech.com. Their stuff's affordable. The mics I use cost less than 80 bucks. And listen to them now, listen to them during the interview. It's great. Uh, also, big thank you to Green Roads. And if you've been thinking about trying CBD products, uh, think no more and try Green Roads because not all CBD products are created equal. There's a lot of CBD companies popping up everywhere. There's one on the corner where I live here, but not all CBD products are created equal. A lot of them have low quality formulas. A lot of them don't even have CBD in them. Green Roads, though, is a pharmacist founded company. They want to make your life better. Uh, they want to make the life better of anyone who takes them. It's THC free, so you get the benefits of cannabis without the feeling of getting high. Uh, the CBD oil is super easy to take, just a couple drops under your tongue. The relaxed gummies do the same type of thing. I'm going to be honest, the relaxed gummies taste better than the CBD oil, but they do the same thing. Uh, there's free shipping on orders over $100 or more. So use my code CHRIS15 to get 15% off your order at greenroadsworld.com. So CHRIS15, it gives you 15% off at greenroadsworld.com. So you'd think that Brian Pillman Jr. was destined to be a pro wrestler, predisposed to do it because of who his legendary father was. Well, it turns out after his father died, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. actually stopped watching wrestling completely. It wasn't until Stone Cold Steve Austin randomly reached out to him that he even thought about getting back into even watching wrestling. And then it obviously led to him training with Lance Storm. And here he is now. He does a great Stone Cold Steve Austin impression, by the way. You'll hear it in just a second. Brian was, he was working a corporate nine to five Monday to Friday job after college. Um, and then he decided, you know what? I want to follow my father's footsteps and I want to see what I can do. So he's not even two years into his wrestling career. He's signed with MLW. He's made two appearances with AEW. What is next for the man with the most glorious hair in wrestling? We find out right now when we chat with Brian Pillman Jr. Do we, should we tell people how this, how this all went down? That you're, <laughs> this was supposed to happen an hour ago. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I texted you, I was like, "Hey, do you think we could?" Originally, I was like, "Hey, do you think yeah. we can do this at like ten in the morning?" You're like, "Ooh, waking up early, man." Ah! Uh, so I'm like, "All right, let's push it back to 11. And apparently, eleven was too early for you. Just too. a little bit. Yeah, by about an hour. Yeah, because at eleven fifteen, when I texted you and you didn't answer, I called you and you're like, "Oh, dude, my alarm didn't go off." <laughs> Yeah, I set my alarm for 10, and uh, 10 didn't happen. So here we are. What do you, you you must have gone to bed real late. Yeah, I'm always up at all hours of the night. Like, what time do you normally go to bed? Stuff. Uh, sometimes 5 a.m. 5 a.m.? Sometimes 9. Doing what? Well, you know, when you're Brian Pillman Jr., there's a lot of important stuff to do. You love the gimmick. <laughs> you know? You I feel gotta, like I got to get a good... Different parties, different... Get, we got to get framed. stance in there. No, so you got a good stance. You got to get a power pose. Good shirt, by the way. So, Look at that. Oh, that? Yeah. Oh, that's just my new shirt. You know, nothing nothing too crazy. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. no big deal. What's going the on Brian, in this shirt? It's Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. This is a uh, inspiration from Dragon Ball Z, mm -hmm. for those of you that are aware. Is this senior above here? Yes, sir. Yeah. That is Brian Pillman Sr. Yeah. And that there is the mullet god, <laughs> Brian Pillman Jr. That's what we should be announcing. The king of the mullet. The mullet god. 
Yes. Yeah. Many so followers. It's been uh, it's been almost a year since you were on the show last, and at that point, you had just celebrated your one year Wrestleversary, is what we called it. That's crazy to think yeah. about that I did this interview with you a year. Yeah, it was last oh December. Gosh. Well, uh, we we're in Miami. That's right. Yeah. yeah, we'll link that below. Now we're in Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, basically. Why are we here? What 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 on earth contains? This terrible city. You live here. This Damn is ter- it, this do. is terrible. That's right, I do. Actually, no. This is what I call home. Yeah. Uh, and this is a great place to live, a great place to raise a family, great place to travel in and out of. Yeah. And I think you really enjoy living here. Yeah, I now you live, live here. in a much nicer part than I do. Yeah, I sure. don't know about that. What city <laughs> do you live in? I live in uh, Covington. Covington. But I grew up in Erlanger and Edgewood. Yeah. Okay. Edgewood being the nicer part uh, of that, but yeah, I went to Dixie Heights High School. Mm-hmm. Played uh, football. I was the captain of the lacrosse team. Man. Of course, lacrosse being a, being a newer sport around here. Yes. And the other captains. So they were like, oh, you're captain. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, you're good enough. Sure. Uh, you're why a not? You're athlete. You know, you should. What position did you play in football? I was a, uh, for the longest time, I was like a linebacker. But as I found that uh, nobody wanted to play D-line, and I was a pretty tough son of a gun. So, <laughs> By the time I was a senior, I was like, look, I'll just be a lineman. I'll smack these guys around. And, and then it worked. So Didn't you want to score, though? The like tenacity. That's... So I actually uh, picked up a, a fumble. Or no, I blocked a punt from Highlands, your school. That you, this is the area My school? Yeah. Like, oh, like, I'm from Canada. Like people to where he lives. <laughs> oh, okay. Because we're all what we call the cake eaters. Okay. Would Ooh. go to school because they're the rich kids that go to Highlands. <laughs> Of course, this is his neighborhood. And uh, I remember they were the best team ever, right? They had 120 kids on the team. Couldn't beat them because they were, the roster was so deep. There was nothing you could do. Kids kids paid tuition. They flew in to go to Highlands because it, oh, wow. it was an independent school. And you had, you had to either live in the area and pay super taxes or you had to pay <laughs> tuition. And a lot of kids did. A lot of kids went to school there just to play football. And uh, so it was a big moment for me. I blocked a punt. Yeah. I picked it up. Wow. I was so excited. I didn't score. I just, I don't know. I couldn't, like, pick up the ball. It went out of bounds. I was like, no, but I blocked it. Blocked the punt, but the next play my team scored. So that's my All because of you. I claimed the touchdown. Yeah. Those are my points. Defensive points, you know. So if it's been a year, what do you think's really changed for you professionally in that last year? Definitely my hair. My hair is <laughs> yes, it's, going through some evolutions. It's uh, getting even more mullety. Well, you got to freshen it up. You got to sharpen it up because if you let it get too out of hand, it's no longer a mullet. And then you start to kind of disrespect where the mullet has come from, the history of it, why it exists, and uh-huh. things like that. Like, you know, if, if my hair is getting so long on top and it starts falling in my face, well, that defeats the whole purpose. It's not a mullet. Yeah. yeah. The functionality of a mullet is to keep the hair out of your eyes, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. And that's why athletes, you see them utilize it most. This isn't just some random 80s fad trend, okay? This is a functionality thing. Uh, I'm a yoga specialist. You are. Yeah, which is crazy. I, I don't think people realize, like people that don't know you that well, don't realize there's a lot more to BPJ, as we coined in the last interview, Brian yes, Pillman sir. Jr., yes, than just the, the in-ring st- stuff. Yeah. You, you said you have boxing. Was it last night you had boxing? Yeah, I had, I had a pretty good training day uh, yesterday. So every Tuesday, you know, you come off the road. Maybe you're jet lagged Monday. You know, maybe Monday you go to the gym, get a pump in. But Tuesday, I got a really good functional day. I went to boxing with Rob Radford. For all of you who don't know, is a professional boxing coach with over 30 years of experience, based out here in Cincinnati. 
Uh, also trained a couple of guys uh, by the names of Low Key. Oh, I think and, I've uh, heard of him. I think there's a guy that he trains. Uh, his name's Jake Hager. Wow. So you know, I've been pretty good. Too. Yeah, I'm in pretty yeah. good hands uh, being here in Cincinnati. Yeah, learning how to fight. Um, so that along with the yoga, like they I feel like they're complete ends of the spectrum. Oh no, no, no! You would be surprised at how 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 much yoga fits in with with combat sports oh, yeah? so much because of the breathing and the flexibility um my my other trainer josh rafferty he even claims that yoga is its own martial art because of just how deadly it is the things that you learn in yoga oh. the, 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 the amount of patience and that killer instinct that you can get just by controlling your breath right yeah so then after that after I did, you know, did all my fitness and boxing stuff, I went over to Roger Ruffin's pro wrestling uh, school right here in Cincinnati as well. So Man. helping out some of the young kids with their strikes and, and with their with their grappling. And uh, obviously, I'm going to pick up a, a few of them and bump them around for my own personal gain. But that's neither here. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I feel like I should uh, step in there. I should I should pay a visit. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you over there. I to bumped Rogers. a little bit. We'll chop you up a little bit. Uh, we'll bump you around. Okay. You know, we'll teach you. We'll teach you the ropes just in case you never know. A company might say, "Hey, you know, CVV, we need to bump you." Yeah. yeah, we need to kick you kick your butt a little bit because these fans have been have been yelling at you. They don't like you. You're a piece of garbage. What? Why are you cut a promo on me now? Hey, that's life. No, I, I wake up every morning and cut a promo. When I wake up, I look in the mirror and I cut a promo to start my day. Look in the uh, camera right now and cut that promo that you cut on yourself. Hey, you. You're the champ. Each and every day, never forget it. <laughs> Wow. Every morning. I, I got to start. Wow. Yeah. See how fired up I am now? Yeah. Yeah. Woo. I'm going to go. I'm fired up now. I'm going to go steal a horse. That's a. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's or a, in Kentucky. You can steal people's horses and shit. Completely yeah. legal to steal Great. horses? Well, no, no. Okay, we're stealing them. Yeah. 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 Okay. It we're breaking the law, but it's a great way to make extra money on the side. To steal horses. Yeah. What do they call those? Cowboys? That's what they call them. Yeah, that's what you're doing here. I'm a cowboy. Yeah. I actually wanted to be a pro wrestler uh, my entire growing up. I went to wrestling school when I was 18. When was it for you that you were like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. There's a couple focal points. You know, obviously when I was uh, five years old rolling around with Rey Mysterio and Rico and guys like that, first time being in the ring, that was like, okay, maybe I'm going to do this one day, right? Yeah. But not really knowing the implications of that, not really knowing the impact of those who were around me because I was five or six years old. I went back to playing with toys and doing whatever. You know, you get to be nine or 10, 11, start asking questions like, well, mom, what happened to all those wrestlers we used to hang out with? This, that, and the other. And then it was always like, no, son, wrestling will kill you. It's bad. It does drugs all the time. And then I was like, oh, man, all right, I won't do wrestling. And then I was like, 13 and I was like you know what I'm gonna be a wrestler but I'm not gonna tell anybody for a while <laughs> and then I went to school they told me again because like they always they don't want you to win right the world doesn't want you to do cool shit they're like well they want go to college yeah. and blow all your money and give them to give it to Uncle Sam so they want the safe bet go get a nine to yeah. five job yeah. pay your taxes yeah, yeah. and it, little did I know that was probably the worst thing I could have done it could well we'll get back to that but it was not the uh, personality choice for my career, right? So I went in, I got the degree, right? College was a breeze uh, for me. For some people, it's a huge challenge, but you know, some of us have more gifts than others, right? 
I was pretty good at school because I could do it like that. I mm -hmm. didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to do a lot of studying, right? I, had, I have a very good memory. Sure. Um, so after college, got a job right out of college, like the last day of school, NKU, right here by your house. Uh, they were like, yeah, everything that you do is what we need. I was like, oh, great, okay. They're like, yeah, so we'll just hire you now. I was like, oh, shit, I'm still in school. They were like, we don't care. <laughs> And what was the job? It was uh, I was a client technical analyst for a company called CDK Global out here in uh, Norwood, which was kind of cool with my story, too, because my dad grew up in Norwood. So that yeah. part of town, he's like a local legend, right? So sure. I'm seeing all these posters, things. I toured the high school. There's a bunch of plaques and shit of them. So. Yeah. So it was a cool little uh, – little. that was like – that's why I was saying like everything that happened happened in a reason because if I didn't get that job to then go to Norwood to then see – what my history is all about with my family. It might yeah. not have inspired me to really get out there and be a wrestler, but just going through, seeing all these plaques, seeing all these accolades, and then like clocking in like at nine, like, okay, well, this is my life. Like I was good at my job. Well, 11 a.m. was too early this morning, so I don't know how you woke exactly, up for that job. Exactly, exactly. I would put it this way, I was a completely different person. It was just like, technology and like probably didn't have a mullet stuff. i didn't have a mullet my strength was low <laughs> didn't have all these muscles you know so when what was the catalyst to make you go you know what i want to do that i want to follow my dad's footsteps did you call a wrestling school did you email some places how'd that work yeah just like i said it kept knocking on my door man it was just like nope, nope. are you there brian hey there's a career waiting for you in this business you know you're made for this shit um yeah, it was. I just finally got another big, big knock on the door. It came from uh, a guy named Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, wow. And he said, uh, "You know, hey Brian, I don't know what you've been doing, but uh, I got this weightlifting belt belonged to your dad. I want to send it over to you." And I said, "Oh shit, Steve, that's that's it's pretty damn cool. It's probably the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life." You know, and I look at Twitter and I'm like, "Okay, it's really him. Like, this is not a this is this is a shoot, right?" And uh, that, you know, that kind of conversation, the, those stories that he presented me with about my father, and I'm 23 at this time, so I'm like, all right, I got my big boy job, but, like, I'm like, you know, this is not me. Like, I'm, I'm at that crossroads again. So, like I said, a lot of these signs, a lot of these calls that are coming to me are almost perfect timing. Yeah. And it was just that storm of, of emotions and thinking about my dad and thinking about my mom and how she never kept my ties close. And then it hit me. It was like... No one's just going to come in and tap me on the shoulder and and then and, and, and say, here's your training, right? Sure. I had to go out and get it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're Hillman Jr. It doesn't matter if you're Ric Flair Jr. doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Wrestling will not come and get you. You have to go and get wrestling. And that's that was the big light bulb in my head was as long as I do chase it, as long as I do put in the work, it will give back to me. But if I just sit in school and wait – like you know, and I'm not pointing anybody out because I did the same thing. But a lot, some of these second, some of these second gen guys might feel that way that they're kind of owed it to them, like they deserve to be reached out and brought in and yeah. trained up. But in all reality, that's never how it is in wrestling. Wrestling's always been about paying your dues, chasing it down. And I said, screw it, I'm gonna do all the research I can, reach out to everyone I can, and just get the best training I can. That way, nobody can deny me. You know what I mean? If I just half-assed it, waited on somebody to bring me in, you know, maybe the local guy trains me up. Okay, but what kind of service am I doing at the business that way? Or I could really, you know, maybe take out some money, invest, yeah, go to Canada, live for three months. Well, you went to that sounds like a good idea. Arguably, right? the best training in Canada, if not in the world. You went yeah. to 
Lance Storm. Yeah. Who's who's actually closing his doors after this yeah. next session, which is crazy. Well, he ultimately decided he produced the single most greatest star that he could ever produce. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, ladies and gentlemen. So he was like, it doesn't well, get any better than this. He was like, well, better close the doors, you know. <laughs> go out on, you know, go out on top, as we say. Yeah, always go out on top. <laughs> That's a big move, though, to go from Northern Kentucky to go to Canada, a different country, to go to Calgary. Yeah. And sign up there, and I believe they put you up there, right? Like when you when you want to go, he puts you finds you a place to, to stay, right? Oh, it finds you a super uh, super cheap place to rent. Uh, Lance does have his own little house, uh, suits about five wrestlers. I really enjoyed it. It was cool hanging out there. But I personally stayed with a different lady, uh, someone who he contracted out to. So this is like a like a billet, I think. Yeah, that's, like a satellite yeah. uh, apartment somewhere, but yeah. it's you know cheaper to stay because it's for the school and. It worked out for a lot of us, and uh, like I said, that 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 uh, everything worked out proper because that uh, that nine to five job I had, that big boy corporate job, they uh, they gave me a severance when they laid me off. So it was like, oh, I'll just pay they for my you training off. with this. Yeah, they laid me off at the perfect this time. Is, wow. Yeah. Your life is a series of these perfect events yeah. all lining themselves yeah. up. That started with a bunch of shitty ones. Like it started sure, off of like. Course. Trials, 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 heartbreak, death, dishonor, all this. And then it was like, here's the comeback, you know? <laughs> like, here's the comeback. We See, had our heat. We are fucking coming back now. Yeah. Excuse my French. We're on the Chris it's okay. no, show. We're on the internet. You can say whatever oh, yeah, you want. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> it's fine. So you go up there. You make, you make the decision you're going to dedicate, what, is it nine months? Is it 12 months? Is it six months? That you're going to dedicate that chunk of time to be with Lance. I wish it was longer. I had a really great time up there uh, just experiencing it. A very different culture. You, would, you wouldn't think that uh, Calgary or that part of the world is... Don't so jiggle much, it around too much. So much different than us. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, I just like cool stuff. He got some cool... He's got some neat trinkets in this place. So. You, it's just a green wall for everyone watching. Yeah. No, no. There's Ric Flair boots over there. There's belts over here. <laughs> uh, the candy so shop. how long were you there? So it was only three months. Like I said, oh, wow. I wish it would have been yeah. longer. But it's intensive. It's Monday to Friday, nine to five. Type yeah, it's thing. the most time intensive yeah. uh, training you can get. I think if possible uh, during while it was around, of course, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, we did we did nine to uh, three. So wow. we did yeah we did about six hours maybe like a little break in there in between for some food but really really nonstop like if you wanted lunch you just ate on the side you know like but it wasn't like we were running sprints the whole time you know a lot a lot of a uh, lot of psychology lectures and a lot of stories that would uh, go on to help us in the future like obviously at the time I didn't really know what what they were talking about but looking back it's like wow I got a whole college course on this business yeah, yeah. outside of just the wrestling it was like the, the, you know, the politics of it how you should how you should carry yourself and and how you should respect this business so it was a very good crash course but i think what you're saying is something i've heard from a lot of other wrestlers where it's like you need to get good training like there's going to be someone yeah. in and around your city that you live yeah. that could train you but you're going to want to get yeah. good training and yeah. more importantly it'd be great to get training from someone who's been there yeah of course lance Absolutely. has and it's different for everybody. Everybody's pathway is different. That's why I say, like, so many other guys, different situations than me, but they go a different path, and then they, they get to where they want to be. So I, I, I don't discredit anybody's training as long as they're training at a safe facility. Right. And like you said, someone that's had at least a couple of coffee uh, in this business. <laughs> yeah. To Because uh, it just adds to your credibility as a performer and things like that. Um, but some people, some people have to start from literally their backyard, and, and as we've seen in, in – 
if history tells us anything, that'll that'll produce some hardworking uh, wrestlers. That's true. Strong stars, you know. Yeah. When at what point during your rise or during your training did you decide I'm going to go with my birth name? I'm going to be Brian Pillman Jr. Because what comes along with that is a lot of good, but yeah. what comes along with that is also a lot of expectations. <coughs> oh, it was actually pretty rough. Uh, a rough dilemma that I faced. It was it was a lot of dilemmas I dealt with early on, you know, just trying to figure out who I was and then also who I am in the ring and, and who I am, you know, outside the ring. But, you know, Lance told me it would be wise to maybe consider using a different name. So that was actually his his thought process was that the expectations would be too high mm. and that coming from a place of a kid that didn't really grow up watching it, didn't really grow up studying it, wasn't super smart in the business that he thought I would be exploited or, you know, exposed by, by using my own name so soon. Uh, but as we've seen throughout, sometimes you have to do the opposite of what people tell you, right? So you can take advice from people 100% and you can live other people's lives or, you know, you take everything you can and there might be something that doesn't work for you, right? So there's been many times in my career where I've done the exact opposite of what people have told me. And that was the one thing that I think made, made it work for me because I, I can't go out there and be anybody else. My, my story is who I am. Yeah. I'm wrestling because of who my father was, right? Mm -hmm. I'm wrestling for him, for his legacy. So it would have made no sense to me. I wouldn't have felt like I was doing my job going out to the ring if I was under the name of... Uh, John, you know, John sure. Saskatchewan or something. You know, I don't know. Great, great wrestling name. You know, John, John Saskatchewan. You know, <laughs> Boomer, Boomer Scarborough so, is my favorite one. <laughs> after your father passed, you just kind of shut off wrestling out of your life? Yeah, I was just, because like I said, I was so young that wrestling was brought into my life by my parents. So when he passed and then my mother kind of sort of burned her bridges with the business, then it was taken away and, on that side. And also with you, right? Yeah, like yeah. well, you know, for the most part, uh, I lived with my mother till I was, I moved out at the age of 13, so. And who did you live yeah. with at the age of 13? So I had a friend by the name of Paul Sperandio, and uh, he Great in-ring name, in-ring name. I know, right, I know. <laughs> I know, I got some really good friends. Like, a lot of my friends would make great wrestlers just as they are. Like, I have some pretty cool friends. So you with. you said you know you you moved out of mom's place. You yeah, moved in with yeah, Paul, and he and his his mom was a single mom. And I was like, shoot, if she can do it, then, then then my mother should be able to do it. But she couldn't hack it, right? She was dealing with her demons and stuff. We won't get into it too much. But uh, his mother was a really hardworking woman. She worked at Home Depot, and uh, my aunt and uncle would help her with groceries and stuff to kind of feed my fat butt just because I was I mean I was a big kid, man. I was eating. I was playing football. Yeah, I was eating everything. But we'll hit the pause button on our chat with Brian Pillman Jr. and his glorious mullet. To thank our sponsors, this episode of the show is brought to you by ShipStation.com. And when you're selling online, getting those orders out can be a real pain. It's time-consuming, expensive. There's so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the right choice? Well, that's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, saves you money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. So wherever you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, wherever it is, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them super easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. And they work with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you 
and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers because you ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Chris Van Vliet Show listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the offer code BLUE. That's named after our podcast network, Blue Wire. There's absolutely no risk, and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. So just visit ShipStation.com. Click on that microphone you're going to see at the top of the homepage and type in BLUE, B-L-U-E. That's ShipStation.com. The offer code is BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. The show is also brought to you by GetRoman.com. And talking about erectile dysfunction, it's not always easy. I mean, usually people are like, hey, I lost my mojo or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it today. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor is going to work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication's appropriate, Roman's going to ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, it's simple, and it's discreet. And getting started... It's super simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and you can complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman making it easy. You can complete an online visit today to connect with your doctor and take care of it. So just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com com slash blue wire. Now let's get back to the interview with BPJ Brian Pillman Jr. Wow! Like, give me your hell house. So you didn't watch wrestling basically all of your like youthful years then? Yeah, a lot of those years were spent uh, playing video games and just kind of doing having my own little escape. Uh, from this world, you know, if we all have our entertainment or our escape, it was more like if I'm going to play football, uh, I can stay out of trouble, play video games. Why not? You know, I wasn't out doing drugs. You know, like I said, I tell people this all the time. Football saved my life because football kept me out of the gangsters and, and the people doing drugs. And it kept me in with the kids that were because you had to have good grades to play football. Right. right so yeah. You had to get your you had to get your work done. And I loved hitting people in the head. So. <laughs> If I wanted to get that, if I wanted to get that adrenaline rush of knocking somebody clean on their ass, then I had to I had to give my grades. So I made sure to just maintain just because I was so smart, I could do whatever I wanted. I just maintained just above a 3.0. And if I got too high, I made sure to skip class to bring it to bring it back down. Got to like, balance Damn. it out. I was like, shit, I can chill a little bit more. I'm at a 3.7. Shit, I ain't coming to school all week. I'm gonna bring that back down to a 3.0. So it wasn't until you got the corporate job and you started seeing the legacy your father had left that you went, man, there's something here for me. That's when that's when you got back into wrestling. Yeah, I was at probably at the point where I was jumping off the cubicles and, and, and axe handling people. Where were you saying and, this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this was like four years ago? Gosh, yeah. I don't, dude, time flies so fast in the wrestling world. Between sure. Getting yeah. your bookings, you know, flying out to the West Coast, flying here to New York, this, that, and the other. It's like... All of a sudden, two years has gone by. I yeah. can't even believe it's been a year since we did the last one. It's right, unreal. me neither. Absolutely and I've unreal. seen you a bunch of times since. Yeah, oh yeah. And now we're pretty much neighbors. Yeah, so we're, we're actually going to work out after yeah, this. Yeah, he's moved yeah. into my town just to be closer to me. You yeah. don't have to tell. Dude, yeah. I thought that was... 
that was our secret here. Uh, <laughs> We're starting an empire here. We're building a Cincinnati empire. So it was four-ish years ago? I'm just trying to think of the storylines that would have been going on when you started watching wrestling again. Oh, yeah. So I, so let's say let's say I just turned 26. So yeah. or, or, no, we'll say this. We'll say... Uh, December 31st, 2017, I had my first match. Yeah, so we're so almost exactly training, two years. Yeah. So then training would have started September 11th, 2017. Wow. My first day of training with Lance. So then uh, before that September, I got laid off in July. So I got laid off in July. A month or and a half later, Yeah. I'm at... Uh, and he just happened to have an opening. You know, happened to yeah, take, I, I had class. been waiting. I had been I had been on the wait list. So yeah, he didn't like cut me in front of people. I had been on the wait list probably for six months. Yeah. So my job knew they were like, oh, he's doing you know. So they, yeah. my job was very helpful with this. Well, situation. it might have been the double axe handles off the cubicle. They're like, yeah, we'll just let him go with that next wave of guys, and uh, <laughs> in June we'll just let him go. <laughs> like yeah. Then these two years, not even two years. Now you've made an appearance. We've made two appearances with AEW. Hey, most I'm people not only, counting them. I'm most not people counting. have only seen one, a double or nothing. <laughs> okay, okay. But you know, you were part of the Casino Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. How did that all come together for you? What was the other appearance? Sorry. Well, it was backstage. <laughs> <laughs> it was backstage during Jericho's famous little bit of the bubble. Yeah. Promo. Yeah, true. And if you watch this back again, you will see Jericho's going through before he says little bit of the bubbly and he's making fun of people backstage and he says to brian nice hair yeah 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 he said nice hair he called me an idiot yeah yeah don't admit that because that's hair idiot that's the was it was a nice hair idiot nice hair idiot that was it that's the feud starter right there so we got it we can't leave that out that's heat right there that could be a potential title match in the future (laughs) you don't insult you don't compliment my hair and then call me an idiot so it was double or nothing and all in yeah yeah so well, or, how did it or, come together or, for the... Or no, it was Double or Nothing Battle Royale. It wasn't all in. It was... Uh, yeah. It was... Uh, it was all out. All out. All out. That's right. Yes. All out. That's Jeez. right. Yeah. But it was Double or Nothing Battle Royale and then all out. So how did the Double or Nothing booking come about for you? Well, I'll tell you what. I've always... Uh, ever since I started training... Obviously, I trained with Lance Storm. So I've always kind of had a relationship with uh, Chris Jericho. I've always kind of had a... a kind of a conversation going with him and, and and i think that's a big part of who he is is helping out the younger guys he's always had a hand uh with helping out second generation guys get going and stuff so i really appreciate that i think he appreciates the fact that i went to canada and experienced that kind of life and when went through calgary so i think chris what he sees in me is a guy that's willing to go out there and, and pay his dues and stuff and i think that's why he's been kind of giving me these opportunities and these yeah. shots uh within their company uh, Cody was also someone that I met in Calgary while I was training. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes were booked for uh, PWA Canada, Prairie Wrestling Alliance. A lot of cool wrestlers have been up through there. Um, and, and I just sat there with him on the floor at the show. I was like, hey, man, any advice you can give me, just like let me know. And he was just like, hey, here's how it's going to be. Because like, he dealt with the same thing. Um, right. he, had just, you know, he had just dealt with the passing of his father years before that. So he was kind of in a similar boat, like, hey, here's what to expect. Here's where it's going to be harder, and here's where it's going to be a little easier. But he's like, as a whole, it's just going to be harder because the expectations are there. 
Lance basically said it's going to be a job from day one. There's no like play time. It's you know business, business, business because people are going to want to see you wrestle. Yes. Right from day one. Right. So it's just been trial and error, getting better on the fly. Well, you signed with MLW very yeah. quickly. That's they've developed be- me really well. Yeah, you're in a great faction right yeah. now at the New Era Heart Foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you learned from someone like like Davey, who's also second generation, you know, tag team partner of yours? What have you learned? Well, I guess you're I, I, Teddy I, as well. You know? I think Davey has taught me a lot about, uh, especially being that he's a spitting image of his dad, right? He's like, you know, he's a lot bigger and taller, but yeah. his gimmick more or less is very similar uh, in, in, in that of the British Bulldog, you know, second generation, right? So what I've learned from uh, Davey is just how much respect he has for the business. Mm-hmm. Just he has such a high regard uh, for pure traditional wrestling. Like just just really knows his history on, on Japanese and American and all the wrestling there is. And and that's what I've learned from him is just understanding that history will work out so much. It will reflect in your art. It will reflect in your mannerisms with people. It will reflect with your interactions online. If you really know what you're talking about it'll show right yeah. and, and davy has shown me that and davy has shown me i always say i'm like i'm like davy's the angel on one shoulder and I got teddy is the devil on my... <laughs> <laughs> but in contrast there's things i can't learn from from davy that i can learn from teddy you know like about cats like about cats <laughs> what not to do how to, <laughs> how to go four days without sleeping there's a lot of things oh. you can learn Teddy, you know, Teddy how to drive is... for 30 hours straight and never stop. Is he scared of flying? I have no idea because he's, I've totally he drives been everywhere. On, yeah, I've been on planes with him. He drives oh. from Texas to New Jersey. And I'm like, that's Whoa. crazy. He likes having his car and his cats too. That's it. You got to take care of the cat. He's also, you know, and I litter box in the Cadillac. All right. <laughs> litter box in the cat. I interviewed him the same day I interviewed you and he's become a very different person in his time after jail. Like I feel like that's the the defining moment for him. I feel like he has a lot like better scope. On yeah, life. I, I think he's a very I think he's a very spiritual guy. I think mm-hmm. he's uh, he's definitely cleaned up his attitude very much. So uh, MLW is very happy with what they've gotten out of Teddy, and also what they've gotten out of Davey and me. I think that whole thing was just the perfect storm, right? The, the trifecta if you will, of, of three different wrestlers that all complement each other. Yeah. Even though my inexperience might be a hindrance, it's technically a compliment to them because they have all the experience in the world, right? So we've got two guys that have all the experience in the world, one of them more in a traditional Japanese sense and the other in more of a lucha uh, sense of the word, you know, because Teddy coming from being a big star in Mexico and, yeah. and, and, and Davey not even having had that many matches there. So it was really cool to just get that whole bowl of everything. And then me not knowing a clue, just coming in, acting like a goofball. And then we're just <laughs> like, all right, this is the perfect dynamic. And then our, our real life situations became our wrestling characters. Do and you, that's the most organic and that is the most beautiful way to present pro wrestling in my opinion. Do you think that you'd be in the position that you're in now if your father was still with us? Uh, I'm not sure what the position would be, right? So uh, it's really hard to ask that. You know, it's hard to say, it, you know, what if this, what if that. Um, I look at a lot of – I try to look at other guys, like, you know, that or their fathers are still here and they're wrestling and stuff. So maybe a guy like Cody Hall, for example. You know, Scott Hall is still here. Um, Cody Hall is a whole other beast, right? Cody yeah. Hall is, you know, seven foot tall. 
I think he's done a great job of differentiating his style from his father. But what would be different between me and him is he went to Japan and he has a career there. So who knows? You know, who right. knows if my father was here, he might have said, Eric, kid, you know, you're going straight to Japan, you know. And, and I know the Von Eric boys, you know. Uh, Kevin's still here, and his kids went and trained in Japan right off the bat too. So who yeah. knows? And, and then and Austin Gunn was going to go to Japan, I believe. Yeah. So a lot of so so sometimes when you're, son. I guess when you're when your parents want what's best for you, they kind of dictate that a little bit. Right? Maybe they kind of choose yeah. your first. All right, this is where I want my kid to train. You know. So yeah. For me, it was like, well, shit. You know, I got me, and then I got me, and then that's it. So I'm going to choose to go to Lance's school. Yeah. And make the most of it. Yeah. So who knows? I might I might not be sitting here next to you if my father was here. I might be over in Japan training or having yeah. a match or working for some company or or maybe my father started his own company. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe AEW or maybe I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. How how old were you when he died? 4 years old. 4. And how was the 4 years old? That's tough. How was the news delivered to you? Oh, uh, like I said, uh so it, it, uh, it was a weird time being in wrestling and everything was being filmed and stuff. So, uh, like we were like sit, we were like gathered around, like they were, it was almost like a photo shoot thing. It was weird, man. Like when I was told, like, I feel like they wanted to like get our reactions recorded or something like it was fucked up. Yeah. Oh. So I didn't know. I thought it was work for real. Yeah. I didn't think I thought Who was he, it that told you, you know, I can't remember. I can't remember. I just remember being circled around with my mom. And it was like I was it, it like felt like I was supposed to cry. I was like, Am I being filmed? Like I don't know, like I guess being as a kid being all confused, I I, I thought it was a work, you know. And obviously at the time I didn't know what the word work meant, but like I knew so I felt like something was up, you know. I was like, No, nah, he's coming back. You know, like he'll Is do this that. WWE trying to cover their asses? Like, oh, it wasn't wasn't our fault that he died. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't think it's anybody's fault but his own fault, right? He he chose to pursue a life of uh, of extreme uh, travel and of extreme uh, uh, physical abuse, which is coincides with, with substance abuse. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's not like these guys were just like crazy for doing all these drugs. No, they had a complete reason for, for doing what they did, and, and it, whether it was painkillers or alcohol or whatever – these guys were beating each other up all the time, right? Yeah. So if nature says this, then nature would depict that maybe they would do this, right? You know, it's, it's yeah. just kind of a cycle. Like, there's, you know, it was more than just him that passed away from the lifestyle, right? Well, do you think CTE plays a factor there too? It's really hard to say. Obviously That's we that, don't scientifically yeah, know. There's a lot of research yeah. with that. And, and, and if you meet a lot of guys, you know, you might, like a lot of older wrestlers, you might notice a few, a few screws loose there. Um, yeah, yeah. But, so it's like it, it really depends on what kind of worker you are what kind of wrestler you are um, I can tell you now that a lot of the stuff these guys are doing today not 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 talking about anything acrobatic or psychology wise but just some of the bumps these guys are taking they're spiking their heads and stuff I spiked myself like one time and like I'm never doing that again like I see guys spike themselves a lot and it's yeah. just like whoa dude yeah. You need to chill out. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so if you if you're talking over a match with somebody and they say, I wanna do X, Y, and Z, what are what are your limitations? What do you say? I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm usually pretty comfortable with stuff. Uh, like I said, a lot of a lot of things in wrestling can be done multiple ways. Yeah, so, true. So if, if a guy's like, Hey, this is my shit and I'm like, Oh, that's nice shit and then like <laughs> I might take it my way. 
And I might be like, hey, man, sorry, I don't spike myself on that move. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to take it like a normal pro wrestler would. You yeah. Know? I was trained by a professional wrestler named Lance Storm. <laughs> yeah, by, hey, Lance by Storm. one of the best yeah, technical yeah, wrestlers yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. So then they're like, oh, cool. And then like, I'm like, yeah, that's the end of it. You know? like, <laughs> and then they're like, do you want to do a Canadian Destroyer? I was like, no. And then we, and then we go to our <laughs> Okay, yeah. So that's really, that's like the only move I've never really done or given or taken. Canadian Destroyer. That one looks relatively safe though yeah oh yeah but yeah i just never done it and i'm like why try it on a random show with joe blow yeah you know, if i'm gonna take one let it be with teddy in your match yeah. with chris jericho yeah or in my match with chris or, yeah. with, or with if i have a match with teddy teddy's the yeah. master of well, it there right? you go yeah, yeah. but well, pd williams can it's give one it to of those you. things it's one of those things too where i'm not afraid to add to something new i'm not afraid to try something new I've, I've always added new toolboxes tools to my toolbox yeah and i've always added new moves to my re repertoire yeah and like lance always taught us like you don't have to do everything right away i can start getting crazier and more risky but the way i see it at the age i am now having a you know a college educated background having a, a background in business and, yeah. and understanding uh longevity and depreciation i think my body is an investment of itself so if i can make it last as long as i can and stay in the gym and stay doing yoga and staying strong, yeah. then why not focus on those things yeah. instead of spiking myself all the time? Sure. Yeah. So what is your favorite <laughs> Brian Pillman senior match? Oh, man, I got to go back. I got to hit up my boy Mark Merrow on this one, man. Okay. Yeah, I love that match he had with Mark Merrow. Uh, look it up. I think it was like, it's like something Fall Brawl or something. Fall Brawl 93 maybe. One of those brawls, okay. but uh, <laughs> dude, I get all those old names mixed up because they just name everything brawl. And, uh, <laughs> brawl for all, Super yeah. Super brawl. What, what is your favorite Brian Pillman Jr. match? Ooh, ooh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. If someone's you know watching this for the first time and you know getting to know about you and they want to go watch one of your matches, what's the match that you would send to a promoter, or what's the match that you know you would say to someone? Oh, you want to know what Brian Pillman Jr. is all about? Watch this. Well. I guess uh, the coolest thing is that, that one of those matches is quite recent. Um, very rarely, because, you know, starting off fresh, it's like no one's going to tell you, oh, you had a five-star match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just yeah, you yeah. got to – there's certain levels to that, right? Not only do you have to earn the respect of being a good worker for people to say your work's good, right? Like, it's like – it could be great from day one, but they're like, well, he's just still a little green, you know, like still a little green around the ears, kid. He's, but after you've wrestled a couple years – so you've wrestled a couple years – you're starting to have some okay matches. And then someone says, oh, Pillman had a good match. Oh, Pillman had a good match. And it's like, oh, shit. And the internet's like, what? You know, a good match. What, what's that? <laughs> you know, so, but I've, I've heard a lot of good feedback. And I personally uh, really enjoyed sharing the ring with Austin Aries uh, just recently on MLW. Sure. And being that uh, MLW, obviously, I've had a lot of killer matches on the indies. And I would say that's my strength is on, like, the indies, the house shows where I can really just be me. Um, not all of those are filmed, right? Not all of those are, 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 are good footage where I really want to show somebody. But, but right. this match with Aries was something that I really was proud of. I uh, showed a lot of people, and a lot of people watched it, and it was the main event of that show. Yeah. And while it is a shorter match, um, it's a TV-style match, it, it, it's, it kind of showcases my personality and who I am. So Yeah, so what goals do you have? You know, two years into the business now, probably 22 more to go, if not 32 more. What are the goals that you have maybe in the immediate future? And then, you know, as we continue to look a decade or two from now. Oh, uh, I had something else I was going to say, but never mind on that one. Oh, well, <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, 
I had some great matches in England too because oh, okay. the wrestlers there are so uh, they're just so keen. They're so on point. Yeah, yeah. I actually it took me a while uh, to get to that level while I was over there. That yeah, that speed. British style. Yeah, yeah. And uh, David Starr was one of the guys that really pushed me to my limit. And while it wasn't my favorite match, it was one of the matches I think I learned the most from. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. Glad we circled and back that's to online that. too. Okay. David there Starr we go. Match, yeah. Sorry, just wanted to touch all the bases on there. And you said, you said, yeah. That. So, what are like some of the goals that you have, maybe in the immediate future, uh, and then you know, as we look ahead, five and ten and twenty years. Yeah, that's dude. That's so tough because, like I said, everything's happened so fast for me. It's like if I set a goal, it's like the, a week later that goal's been crushed, right? Well, so then you like, better start setting bigger goals. So that's what I'm saying. I just I, I've been trying to slow things down a little bit and really uh, focus on what I'm doing with Major League Wrestling, right? Because all these other opportunities coming from different companies, this, that, and the other, those companies aren't going anywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, Ring of Honor's not going anywhere. All Elite Wrestling's not going anywhere. We know damn well WWE ain't going anywhere. <laughs> right. They're going to be around for a while. It's a huge uh, plethora of wrestling out there. And while everybody's been kind of focused on, on what the grass is greener over here, or, oh, this is shiny over here, I've uh, quickly realized in, in the humblest way possible uh, to water my grass where it's at. So I, my, right now my goals are kind of within MLW yeah. to sort of keep my yard freshly watered. That's the and, best and, phrase. And, and honestly, too, because if, if other companies see that I'm busting my ass here, they're going to want to, they're going to want to bring me in. Right. But, it, but if yeah. I, but if I show, uh, you know, separatism and if I show, Oh, you know, I really don't want to be here. I want to go work for them because they got more money or this or the other, then it's like, are you going to do that the next time? Yeah. Like, are you going to do that at the next company you're at? In the next company, are you always going to sure. be kind of trying to leave and trying to get going? Or is like, oh, well, I got this contract still. Why yeah. don't I bust my ass here? Yeah. And honestly, I, I I wish all the best luck to guys at the WWE or wherever they're at with people that leave because they want more work. To me, that shows you're ambitious and you want more business. You want more matches. You want more work. And, and to me, if you want to work harder and not necessarily make more money, it's because you love wrestling, right? Yeah. So... If I if I want to if I want to work harder, I'm on a contract with MLW. I'm going to work harder there. I'm going yeah. to work harder, have good matches there. Yeah. Because the people are going to see it. For sure. People are going to watch me. Yeah. They don't care what acronym I'm under. It. You're, the you're other right. companies are going to see it. The other yeah. companies are going to be, oh shit, this kid's kicking ass. Yeah. Well, and I think the biggest thing you touched on there is the grass is always greener where you water it. Exactly. It's so easy to go. Oh man, my career would be great in that company or that company or that company. Mm -hmm. Or you can take what you have in front of you. And this doesn't just apply to wrestling. Yeah. This applies to any aspect yeah. of your life. That you go, if I actually just work on this and focus on this, I can make this the best possible scenario. Yeah. And like I said, the mobility of where I've been going has been so quick. Yeah. Why don't I just settle down for a little bit and actually you know, hone my craft within yeah. that TV landscape? I think MLW has great production value. They do. Great crew. Yep. And you're still them. so young. Yeah, six. Like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can like, chill out. Let me breathe a little bit. Yeah. You play some more video games. I'm not trying to be a 24 seven, like the rock tomorrow. You know, rock wakes up at four. Well, rock wasn't even that guy until what? 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah. I mean, probably doing a lot of that same yeah. stuff before, but rock's plate wasn't this full. Until oh yeah. He was yeah. And he's a busy guy. You look at guys like Jericho, they're busy guys. You yeah. know, so. Jericho's, you know, mm -hmm. close to 50. I've had people like, why don't you get into movies and, Start a rap album. I'm like, I just started wrestling. A rap? Are you a rapper? I, you know, I, I freestyle on the side. I, I, so sorry, I didn't know this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, 
Just as no, like, I don't think you are this kidding. Is like, this was like a joke, but like, no, like, <laughs> but like, you know, you see, you see a guy like Chris Jericho or like Enzo Amore that are making music on the side, yeah. and, and then I think of the music that inspires me, which which may, you know, it's like hip hop, rock. Like I like a lot of different things. So I'm like, oh well, what if I did make music? What if I did do acting? But that's the thing. You don't want to spread yourself too thin. Yeah. Right? Well, I think the thing that I'm realizing. I just don't is, want you to make me freestyle on your show. Oh, so he does freestyle. <laughs> there it is. I don't want to right now. I just woke up. Fine. We'll just we'll look at your Instagram story. The day that this interview drops, take a look at the gram. Take a look at the gram. Take a look at my and, fam. You know where I come it's from. It's already happening. You know who I stand. <laughs> it's already happening. I just can't stop. We got to get you verified I'm gonna write on this Instagram interview until we call the cops. Wow. Oh. I know verification on the gram is it's is the uh, toughest. It's not easy. Yeah, but there was a little taste of my bars that I just spit, and that was all freestyle too. And that was good. We didn't plan that. I didn't write that. Yeah, but I'm not a rapper. A freestyler. But I'm not a rapper. Okay. Huh? But I'm not a rapper. Is this the hook of your <laughs> song? That's a meme that you don't get. It oh, went. Whoo. It did. I'm sorry. But the viewers, the viewers will know. The people that know. But I'm not a rapper. The people that know, know. But everybody else is with me going. I'm not a rapper. I'm a fighter. I'm a wrestler. I'm an athlete. And I'm a Saiyan. I'm a super Saiyan. Who's. Tell me I'm not. What? Tell me I'm not. Is this a meme too? Do it. (laughs) Do it. Are we, we've circled right back around to promo mode now. <laughs> Started the interview with a promo. All right, I'm done. <laughs> On to the next question. All right. Is that the best question you got for me? Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> um, well, thanks for making this happen. We're going to go lift some weights. Yeah, we got to yeah. do that. That's what we do because we're men and we're grown. Yeah, well... Well, that was an so. abrupt ending. In the uh, in the last year, though, since we did this interview, have you you know have you put on some size? Have, you know what's changed for you there? Uh, I want to say the fitness has uh, gravitated more towards you know being lean and sexy. You know, I think uh, <laughs> I think if you if you if you're if you're under six foot, and I'm I'm about five eleven and a half. You know, I'm about six foot, but yeah. you know, you're never going to be the biggest guy in the room. Yeah, and Rip Rogers always told me it's better to be a sexy fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> and a big fat lineman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're never going to be yeah. the biggest guy. Yeah. And you, you so know, it's like, why not focus on? Well, as long as you can embrace, yeah. I'm not a body guy. Yeah. yeah. You know. Then, well, like I think I like like body as in like tone and definition well, and, sure. and sex appeal. Yeah. Yeah. But I think big iron, you know, sledgehammer, you know, pick up a guy and throw him in the air. Like I don't think I should go for that. Like I don't think I don't foresee that look for me. But let's be honest. The sex appeal. Let's comes be honest. From, we gotta get jacked. And the we sex appeal get comes games. from there, right let's here. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's this. Let's be honest. We still want to get, you know, we still want to pipe them up. You see that tan? Wow, man, jeez. Let's be honest. We all want to be jacked. We all want to be Brian Cage. Let's just be honest. Uh, he's very large. Yeah. I think he has trouble traveling on airplanes because he's so large. Oh yeah. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of big airplane uh, guys. I hate airplanes sometimes. My knees, yeah. Huh. My knees will get you. Huh. Um, well, thank you. I, I'm so pumped. It's not even been two years. Uh, I'm so excited for everything you have going on. Uh, two years from now, think of how much further you're going to be. Yeah, that's the scary thing, and that's why I said I just want to sit back and like be able to take take a minute and make some decisions for myself, you know, pers- yeah. personally and professionally. Yeah. So, so well, nice thank to, you. It's nice to settle down, and I like I said, I appreciate MLW for all the opportunities. I appreciate AEW. 
for uh, creating a whole new economy for wrestlers to yes. uh, to search for and to strive to be and to work for. So, and who knows? Maybe you'll follow in your father's footsteps and go to WWE one day. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's completely an option too. I don't want people to think that I'm going anywhere just yet. I'm I'm sitting right here where I'm at, and I'm learning and I'm progressing as a professional. Well, that's the thing. You're gonna stay right here. Gonna keep getting better. And then when you are ready to go on to something else, boom goes the dynamite. I'm lightning in a bottle. You know what show's called dynamite? Oh, Oh. Oh. why why are you blowing blowing it? That was supposed to be a subliminal message. That was supposed to be a hidden Easter egg, everyone. Now they know. That's it. There we go. We blew it. Well, there you go, my friend. A great conversation with Brian Pillman Jr. And let me tell you, that was one heck of a workout. Although I have to admit, it, it's it's hard to work out with him because after every set, like like literally every set, someone's coming up to him to ask him about his hair. I'm not joking. It's whether they know him from wrestling or not. Um, it's just hair that brings people in. It's glorious, magnetic hair that draws people in. Don't you wish you had hair like that? I wish I had hair like that. Um, guys, he's only 26 years old. We're going to be seeing a lot more of Brian Pillman Jr. in the years to come. And not just Brian Pillman. Uh, there are so many great wrestlers in their early to mid-20s that are going to be tearing it up for decades to come. I mean, Sammy Guevara, Flip Gordon, Leo Rush, Austin Theory, Riho, MJF, Jungle Boy, and now I've gone down this rabbit hole where if I don't name the person that you're thinking, you're going to be like, well, come on, CVV, how come you didn't say so-and-so? That's not the point here. You know what I mean? I'm making a general point that the future of pro wrestling is looking very bright and it's in great hands with all of this young talent. And I love the fact that Brian Pillman Jr. had this stable corporate job, this Monday to Friday job that he could have worked in for the rest of his life and probably retired from with a nice little pension. But that wasn't what excited him. That wasn't what he wanted to do. And he left it behind to chase after this thing called pro wrestling. And this, I think it's Martin Luther King Jr. who said it best. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But by all means, keep moving. So my friend, keep moving into this weekend. If you happen to be listening to this during the week, into this week. But whatever you do, keep moving. Keep pushing forward towards those specific goals because you know that vague goals get vague results and specific goals get specific results. Boom! Enjoy your week.